Welcome to the PBO Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Your host here, E. Vanderbilt, with his trusted canine sidekick, Woody, where we bring you the news raw, unfiltered, and with no chase. Hey, welcome to another episode of the PBO Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Your host, E. Vanderbilt, here with, look at this, my trusted sidekick, Woody, who's always here making sure that we got continuity in the show. He is the ombudsman, aren't you, buddy? Anyway, this is Woody, so if you are listening to this on the audio. You obviously can't see Woody, but if you're watching it on the YouTube, there he is. He's in the shot. So good to see you, buddy. Isn't he a pretty dog? I'm sorry. Handsome dog. He's a handsome dog. So let's get into the news of the day. The Hunter Biden scandal continues to drip out a little bit. We've actually got some more information about it. And I want to talk about it just a little bit. And then, you know, Trump's will go into some of the election stories that are coming out. The debate is next week. Obviously, Joe Biden's hiding. He's not going to be around until after the debate. And then I've got a slew of other notes. And in the second segment of today's podcast, We'll get into some polling because it is polling Tuesday. Can you believe this, Woody? We only have 14 days left. We are 14 days out of the election. I mean, it's amazing that it's this close. It seems like God, it seems like it's taken forever to get here, but here we are, 14 days out. So, and what's happening 14 days out of the election? Well, we obviously have the Hunter Biden laptop Ukraine scandal that blew up last week and a lot of stories came out over the weekend. And uh, there's still reportedly more information to drop on that. So let's get a base of where we're at right now. First off, what the media has been doing and what the left has been doing to try to cover for this or excuse it or explain it is Russia, Russia, Russia. Yeah. You know, I mentioned this on yesterday's show that the left is, you know, they're bringing up the whole Russian interference again, that this whole email thing was nothing more than a Russian plant. I do a lot of uh, online debating on forums, talking with leftists, because I enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. I do it so you don't have to. And I got to tell you, so many of them are bringing up Russia. It's like, it's like a, you know, it's a default position for them that they bring up that this is Russian interference, one saying, what makes you think the Russians didn't plant that on his laptop? Now, there's a couple of things. And, and whomever is releasing all this information knew they were going to go this route because they keep, they keep releasing stuff to debunk it. First off, they're saying it wasn't Joe Biden. This is the left. They're saying there's no proof that Biden was the one, or uh, Hunter Biden was the one who dropped it off. In fact, here's somebody who tweeted out, emails unverified, laptop ownership unverified, identity of who dropped off computer unverified, zero documentation of said meeting, lead reporter wouldn't put his name on the article, Hannity, former producer did, supplier of information is a known Russian spy. (laughs) I don't know who the Russian spy, I guess he's trying to say Giuliani. But anyway, emails, um, actually they've been cooperated by Hunter Biden's business partner who's sitting in jail, who allowed reporters, two reporters, access to his Gmail. And they've corroborated the emails that are on Hunter Biden's laptop. Uh, And the Biden campaign, as well as Hunter Biden, have not 
said they're not true. They've not come out and said, no, no, those aren't my emails. They haven't said that at all. And since they, people wanted to come out and say there's no verification that Hunter Biden dropped this off, uh, it's been released. The receipts, the subpoena from the FBI requesting the receipts and all the documents. And they have here a copy of the actual bill to Hunter Biden, the phone number, uh, it looks like an email address as well. Now, yeah, can it be doctored? Absolutely, it could be doctored. There's a signature there, so I'm sure some sleuth out there is going to match up that signature. But the FBI has all this stuff. They subpoenaed all this stuff. You know, the real question that we still don't know the answer to is why did the FBI sit on it? And if there is some damning stuff that's going to come out soon uh, and the FBI sat on it. Now, and that's another point of contention. People are saying, well, the FBI had this and didn't act on it. Well, that doesn't mean anything given the FBI's past performance. I mean, James Comey, I mean, come on, look what he did. I mean, he, 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 he's caught lying as well. So, you know, as much as you want to respect the FBI for who they are and what that institution is, oh, you just can't. But then there's this. <clears throat> uh, Director of National Intelligence, Ratcliffe, Rack. Ratcliffe, I know I'll get his name out right, John Ratcliffe, uh, this is the headline, Hunter Biden's laptop is not connected to Russian disinformation plot. Uh, Director of National Intelligence John Ratcliffe said that Hunter Biden's laptop is not part of some Russian disinformation campaign, he told Fox Business host Maria Bartiromo Monday that claims from the White the House Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff, among other Democrats, were not supported by any real evidence. We've all seen this before and how the Democrats operate. They love to accuse others of what they are doing. That's key. Uh, Schiff is a king on Capitol Hill of this very manipulative move, and he loves doing it publicly. So, so the director of national intelligence, John Ratcliffe, has come out and said, there's no Russian intelligence. He's got his finger on the pulse here. He's, he's got the inside scoop. And, and come on, we all know there's no Russian interference. There wasn't any Russian interference last time. And, you know, what really is annoying about this Russia, Russia, Russia nonsense is the left will not let it go. They simply will not let this story go anywhere. I mean, you, you got Mueller who completed, what is it, 33, $35 million investigation, came up with nothing, and the left still will not let it go. And it's because they want it to be true. And it's also because they themselves are in cahoots with foreign entities. You look at what Hunter Biden now is allegedly accused of being a part of these schemes in the Ukraine, schemes in China. They're the ones colluding with foreign nationals, not not Donald Trump. I mean, for, for how, all these years, they kept trying to say that Donald Trump uh, had business in Russia, and they can never prove it. There's a reason why they never prove it, because it's just not true. So that's one aspect of the Hunter Biden uh, scandal. I don't know what you call this thing. I still don't know what you call this. But anyway, there's no Russian interference. There really isn't. What there is, is there's um, this actor named Hunter Biden. And he happens to be the son of a former sitting vice president of the United States. And he was the son while that particular person, Joe Biden, was the president, the sitting vice president of the United States. And he was engaged in 
foreign business deals, which is fine. That's not illegal. And he was using his father's name for influence and influence for money. So, so we do know this. So we also know without a doubt that Hunter Biden was a drug addict. So we know he wasn't in his right frame of mind. Most of the times, the man was smoking crack. I've never smoked crack, so I have no idea what that does to the brain. I've seen what it does to people. but So we can't sit here and say that it's ridiculous that somebody would drop this laptop off uh, because it is ridiculous. And the person not in, it was not in the right frame of mind. So this is still going to drip out, but also what has happened today, Monday uh, and Tuesday, uh, is that they're discrediting Giuliani. They're discrediting uh, Steve Bannon. And you know what? They, they can't. That, that's the thing. These gentlemen have some baggage that they bring with them. And, you know, so I get it. I do the same thing if I were in their shoes because politics is a blood sport. You know, you don't get, you don't get into politics and expect not to get dirty and beaten up. So these guys, the Giuliani's of the world, the Bannons of the world, you know, they've got this baggage, but they've got thick skin. So it just it's the veracity of what's on that laptop. You know, we um, we saw with Hillary Clinton and her laptop or her emails that we never saw. Are we going to have that? Are we going down that road again? I don't know. Trump, he he seems generally just pissed off at this. Listen to him go at a uh, reporter just the other day. campaign strategy seems to be to call Biden a criminal. Why is that? He is a criminal. He's a criminal. He got caught. Read his laptop. And you know who's a criminal? You're a criminal for not reporting it. You are a criminal for not reporting it. Let me tell you something. Joe Biden is a criminal, and he's been a criminal for a long time, and you're a criminal in the media for not reporting it. Good luck, everybody. Have a good time. Have a good time. So this is just unprecedented stuff. I mean, this is just, you got a president of the United States who says that to a reporter. And you know, Three years ago, four years ago, I would have been like, oh, my gosh, can't believe you did that. How crass. But then I've seen the way that this media has treated this president. I've seen the way that the left has treated this president. I've actually experienced the way the left treats conservatives because I'm online. I'm in social media forums, interacting with them all the time. And I do that because of this show. And I see the vitriol and the hate and the just nastiness of it. I mean, they're just nasty. So. Trump's a fighter. He fights back. So I understand that he can get the, like me calling the reporter criminal. They're, you know, it's unconscionable that they just don't report the facts. It's unconscionable that they just cannot report the news straight without twisting it. And then the protecting of Biden, that makes no sense. I mean, Biden shouldn't be protected in the least. They should be calling him out. It's unconscionable. I know I've used that word twice that. The press doesn't seem to have a problem that Biden, who is running for president of the United States, is, is, is put a lid on it for three days up until after, after the debate. Not up until the debate, mind you. The debate's Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern. He's put a lid on until after the debate. So, you know, after the debate, there's not going to be anything. So, really, he's not interacting with the media until the debate starts. That's, that's just unprecedented. It's a presidential election. So, here's his strategy. 
there's two things at play here possibly one is because of his cognitive decline they just don't want him in front of reporters they being his handlers two is they just staying out of the way and let trump be trump and believe that trump is his own worst enemy and if as long as he keeps talking he'll ruin his chances for re-election we are two weeks out and this stuff is just unbelievable twitter is still uh locked out the new york post twitter feed until they delete a story they wrote and then you've got this this from hot air the, the headline washington post editorial we support twitter and facebook siding with joe biden but they need to offer a better excuse <laughs> this is the this is the media uh the, and the, this is from the um the washington post and what they reported why they said that they support uh biden's decision and they support i'm sorry they support twitter and facebook here's what they said facebook and twitter don't want to make the same mistakes that marred this country's last presidential election but rig but writing old wrongs can introduce new obstacles last week facebook reduced the distribution of the dubious story by the new york post and smeared democrats nominee joe biden that smeared democrat joe biden Pending third-party fact-checking, Twitter blocked the URL from being shared altogether. And they went on to say that, yet, yet the way the sites made this decision matters, too. The confusing and opaque process that accompanied the positive outcome threatens... <laughs> threatens to render uh, sire any victory over the focus of misinformation or meddling and meddling. What nonsense is that? I mean, it's just gibberish with this crap that they're writing. So in other words, they, they don't agree with uh, how they did it. They agree they, that, that they did it. They just thought maybe it should have been explained a little better. This is not what the media is supposed to do. But here they are. So you've got, instead, they're, they're, they're challenging the president. They're shutting down Twitter feeds. And they're not saying anything about Biden going in Hyden. Hyden Biden, he's, he's gone for four days, not on the campaign trail. This is a presidential election. We uh, just boggles the mind, boggles the mind. Now, another story that's come out, and this is from Fox News, Trump to press Biden on Hunter Biden email stories if debate moderator doesn't, advisor says. So now this is pushing Donald Trump further to, to to actually bring it up. Now, that gives Biden's camp something to work with in the debate prep. So they're going to be prepared for this. They're going to have their one-liners. They're going to have it already. Now, whether or not Biden can pull it off, we still don't know, but they're going to have it. But Trump, you still don't know what he's going to say. You don't know what kind of psychops this is. Trump's just completely unpredictable. But if the press doesn't do something about it, Trump is sitting there saying he will. He'll, he'll bring it up himself. So now they want to change the presidential debate. So here's from uh, the National Pulse. Presidential Debate Commission ditches foreign policy focus following Hunter Biden laptop leaks. So they want to change it. They know, you know, Trump, now if he brings up the Hunter Biden thing, now it's a foreign policy issue. And that's not part of the debate. That's not part of what the um topics are going to be on the debate so here are the topics for the debate COVID-19 as if we didn't discuss that enough so we had one debate COVID-19 was on there the economy okay economy's great important but also that was on the last debate too uh 
race and violence in our cities. Again, that was on that was the same topic from the last debate. So what is she going to ask the moderator? Is she going to ask if Trump denounces racism again? Uh, the integrity of the election. Again, that was on there. The Supreme Court and, and Trump and Biden's records, not foreign policy. This president was nominated not one, not two, not three, four times for a Nobel Peace Prize for his foreign policy uh, process, uh, uh, achievements. He has negotiated two peace deals and allegedly more on the table. Things are happening in the Middle East that haven't happened in decades. And this is Trump. Now, why, why do these Middle East peace deals happen? The reason that they happen is money, economy, economics. They finally realized, and I don't know if Trump convinced them of this, but they realized that if they work together, all, both countries, all countries, well, they can make more money in trade. It benefits everybody. I think they call that capitalism. That's why these peace deals are happening. Because it's all based on economics. Maybe it was because of the, the, the COVID uh, economic downturn that maybe people came to the table and said, wait a minute, we need to make some money. We got to help our people. We got to help our economies. Uh, trading between these nations is one way to do it. But I, it's just, and, you know, and then the moderator for the debate, uh, let's see, her name, Kristen Welker, Video surfaces of final debate moderator tipping off Hillary Clinton campaign on interview questions in 2016. And there's a video, a tweet uh, out there of her um, asking or prepping, prepping, and the video is not very good. I'll, I'll play it and see if it makes any sense if it... Uh, we go right to Kristen Welker. Kristen, go ahead. To go, go right to Kristen... Kristen Welker, Kristen, go ahead. He's okay. Okay. And I'm gonna ask you about Flint. Kristen, go ahead, you're live. Kristen Welker in the spin room. I believe she has the Clinton Communications Director with her. Go ahead, Kristen. Okay, thank you. I think this is his last question. Um You know, we have Kristen Welker. We're looking at her. She couldn't quite hear me before. Can you hear me now? If you can, go ahead. Hey, Ari, I'm here with Communications Director Jen Palmieri for the Clinton campaign. So, Jen, your initial reaction to tonight's debate, very fiery. Very fiery, also very substantive. I think it was probably the most substantive exchange that we've had. Also, if there were some, there were a little bit of fireworks. But I think that it was useful because we think what was ultimately... Ari, I can hear you. I'm here with Communications Director Jen Palmieri. Can you guys hear me back in the studio? Yes, we're on a delay, but go ahead. She's basically giving her what she was going to ask. She was tipping her off. Now, whether or not that was debate prep or not, giving her debate answers, but she was tipping her off of what she was going to ask. So that, you know what that means. I've done this before, by the way. I've interviewed a, a few politicians and they were very friendly interviews. So before the interview, I sat down with them and I said, hey, what topics do you want to bring up? Here's what I want to bring up because these were pre-planned interviews. We all do it. They all do it in the media. But she she does it for the left, not the right. So and she's a debate moderator and she's a reporter. I'm not a reporter. I'm just some guy behind a microphone with uh, uh, <clears throat> a, a, a podcast. You know, when I had people on for interviews, I had a purpose for having them on interviews to forward my agenda. So but she's a reporter. That's not what reporters are supposed to do. So already, already debate moderators compromised. It's just, I mean, how far does this go before 
it collapses, where the media collapses, and we finally, finally have an objective media that's honest and, and curious. I mean, here's uh, somebody, a uh, tweet from Sunny Day. Uh, it tweeted out, here are the topics missing. I thought this was great, so I'm going to bring them up. I'm going to get a hat tip to Sunny Day at uh, uh, R-D-E-L-A-U-N-E. That's his Twitter handle. Uh, the topics missing, Hunter Biden, Burisma Holdings, Hunter Biden, China Inc., Hunter Biden, cocaine in a rental car, Hunter Biden, Brother's Window, Hunter Biden, uh, Brother's Widow, and Air Force Two. And finally, Hunter Biden. Russia, Russia, Russia. I just think that's hilarious. So she's not going to bring it up. In fact, they're going to do everything and anything they can to avoid talking about Hunter Biden. Uh, the mainstream media in this country, completely useless, completely useless. All right, enough about the Hunter Biden stuff. Let's get into some other political news and some other news of the day. I'm going to do some quick tips. Quick hits here. Uh, this is from PJ Media. Election interference. Big tech censors Trump more than 60 times left Biden unscathed. So, I mean, that's obvious. We know the big techs and all of them are not checking or, 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 or doing any kind of fact check to Biden, but they are doing it to Trump. They censored Trump more than 60 times. Facebook and Twitter have censored President Donald Trump or his reelection campaign 65 times, but have not censored Democratic nominee Joe Biden in his campaign a single time, according to a new report from the Media Research Center. Uh, Telewatch analyzed Two years, this is MRC Telewatch, or TechWatch, I'm sorry, TechWatch, analyzed two years of social media posts from Trump, Biden, and their respective campaigns between May of 2018 and October 16th, 2020. The analysis did not include any ads from political action committees, PACs, or super PACs in support of Trump or Biden. It also focused on social media posts, not paid advertisements from the campaign. So Twitter labeled, fact-checked, and removed tweets from the president and his campaign 64 times since the election of 2016. Uh, the company appears to have ramped into high gear this past May. I mean, this is obvious. We know this happens. Uh, Facebook has censored Trump and his campaign five times, and Instagram removed one video. So Twitter is the most egregious. We've been saying that for a while. Uh, and they're not doing it to Biden. Uh, the company has also taken action seemingly to protect Biden in place of sensitive content label. Uh, it placed, uh, this is Twitter, it placed a sensitive content label on the video of Joe Biden telling Charlemagne the God that he ain't black if he doesn't support Biden over Trump. A sensitive content label. Yeah, they're, they're I mean, big tech. And again, the problem with the big tech is they're big tech. The, the largest platforms out there, where are you going to go? What are you going to do? You can go to the smaller ones, but they don't have the same reach. And that's why this is so egregious. And that's why I believe the government does need to step in and do something. Um, this from John Solomon's Just the News. Twitter censors mask tweet from White House advisor Dr. Scott Atlas, the former head of neurology at Stanford University, said he doesn't understand why his tweet was deleted. Atlas, who joined the White House corner, uh, coronavirus team in August as a science advisor tweeted mask work question mark no and said the widespread use of masks is not supported the tweet that was the tweet 
The tweet apparently violated a Twitter policy that prohibits the sharing of false or misleading information pertaining to the coronavirus pandemic. And how is Twitter the expert on it? How did the expert on the pandemic? This is the part, and this is the part about journalists in general. They're not experts. They're just not experts. They're not experts at just about anything, except maybe writing. And you know, looking at the writing you see from journalists today, they're not experts at that either. They're generally lazy people. I mean, why do we take it from journalists as if they're the expert? Yeah, they get to ask a lot of questions. Some ask questions of important people, but it doesn't mean they're an expert. They're just a person with a notepad or an iPhone recording it, whatever apparatus they're using to record it, but they are not experts. But yet here they do. They present themselves as experts all the time. Like Jake Tapper is a good example of this. Him and his nonsense about wearing a mask all the time. I mean, Karen Tapper is what I've been calling him because he just berates and goes on and on and on about wear your mask, wear your mask. Dude, you're a reporter. You're not a scientist. You're not a doctor. Just because somebody told you something doesn't make it so. You're a reporter. We can find out information just like reporters can. We have access to libraries. We have access to the internet. We can make our own decisions, but here's Karen Tapper and the likes constantly trying to tell us how to live our lives. You're a reporter, report the news. Just give me the news. I don't wanna hear, I don't wanna hear anything else. I just want the news. And then, and then I can decide, but you give me commentary. You give me opinion. And I don't mind opinion shows. This is an opinion show. But if you're a reporter, just give me the news. I tell you, it just frustrates me that reporters do this kind of stuff all the time. And Twitter and Facebook, these, these soy boy tech, tech geeks are sitting somewhere in an office. Well, maybe they're standing because they got the, the, the desk that goes up and down. They're sitting there deciding about this. Who are they to decide about what's going, what is and is not on the pandemic or masks? Who are they to decide? <sighs> anyway, let's move on. Quick takes. This is all quick takes for the rest of uh, this segment of the show. Then we're going to get into some polling on the second segment of the show. Uh, this is this one. I, I about fell out of my chair when I saw this one. You guys know who Jeffrey Tubin is? You know he was a CNN legal analyst on the. He's on the air all the time. All the time. We would have seen him uh, from now until probably. January 20th, uh, we, we would have seen him all over the news. You're not going to see him anymore uh, because here's the headline. CNN legal analyst and far-left hack Jeffrey Tubin suspended by the New Yorker for, wait for it, exposing his penis during a Zoom call. Yep, that's right. Jeffrey's a little bit freaky. CNN legal analyst and writer Jeffrey Tubin was suspended by the New Yorker for exposing his penis during a Zoom call with his fellow magazine colleagues. <laughs> Tubin told Vice in a statement, I made an embarrassingly stupid mistake believing I was off camera. I apologize to my wife, family, friends, and coworkers. Off camera? Just, just, tube. <laughs> just because you're off camera, the Zoom's still going, you don't whip it out, man. What is wrong with you? So, <laughs> I can only imagine what was in his head and why he did that, but I don't want to know. I don't want to know. All that, you know, the spokeswoman for the New Yorker, <laughs> funny how it's a spokeswoman, sorry, sorry, irony. Uh, Jeffrey Tubin has been suspended while we investigate the matter. Someone has to look at that Zoom call of Jeffrey Tubin whipping it out. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then this one, this is another one from the Daily Wire. Campaign spokesman for Democrat Mark Kelly called cops worthless effing pigs campaign responds uh mark kelly is uh well here i'll read this story he's a campaign spoken for arizona democrat senate candidate mark kelly and this is a hotly contested race by the way called chicago police officers worthless effing pigs in response to rowdy activists clashing with the police over the summer tj l Hurex if that's how you say it. Kelly's deputy press secretary posted the message in response to a video that showed Chicago police clashing with protesters over the summer. You worthless having pigs, wrote El Hurricks on August 17, directing the message to the Chicago Police Department's official Twitter account. She put out a tweet. Oh, my God. Uh, Jack Joe Clear, the executive director of the Arizona Police Association, slammed Kelly's campaign for the bio remark. It sadly isn't the first time I've seen this from Democratic campaign personnel, Clear told the Free Beacon. I hope that Kelly fires the staff for immediately to show that he doesn't condone this kind of attitude that police are effing worthless. This is the left, ladies and gentlemen. These are your Democrats. These are the Democrats. So, you know, the Kelly campaign is in a hotly contested race right now. Will this do him in? I doubt it. You never know what the Democrats, the left, they just don't care. They don't care about this stuff. Uh, Kelly was recently in the news after an undercover sting video from James O'Keefe Project Veritas showed a campaign staffer for Kelly seemingly admitting that Kelly, who claims to be a supporter of the Second Amendment, will go after guns if he's elected. Because that's the Democrats. They lie. They lie to your face. They, they don't respect institutions. They don't respect the police. So, you know, they don't really care. Um, Kelly has also had extensive ties with China since becoming civilian. The reporter added Worldview Enterprise, an aerospace company he co-founded and in which he still holds investments, received funding from Chinese tech giant Tencent. Sounds like a rapper's name, Tencent, which censors the Internet for Beijing. As the Washington Free Beacon reported, he also held a financial stake in a Colorado company that courted investments from a Chinese state funded tech enterprise. Yeah, because China has more money than anything because they don't, you know, they, they just keep printing money. They don't care. I mean, they, don't, they, have, they just keep dumping currency on the market to devalue uh, currency out in the world. But anyway. So Kelly's camp doesn't really respond back, and they don't. There's nothing in this article on what Kelly's camp's responding. I'm sure by the time this was reported, they they responded because that's pretty big. And like I said, they're in a hotly contested race. So let's hope this is what does him in, because we do not need to lose a Senate seat. And that that Senate seat is uh, McSally, Martha uh, McSally. And currently, Kelly's up 7.9 points. Will this be what does him in? Yeah, it's hard to say with the left. You just, you know, these things, they don't care about this kind of stuff. They just don't care. Now, speaking of the left, because what I'm doing is I'm giving you some characterizations of what people on the left are like. So we've got Tubin whipping out his tube. We got Kelly has a staffer that basically says the police are effing uh, blind, blind, blank, you know, morons or um effing pigs and then we have this this one you know and they they call us the fascists robert reich remember him uh robert reich was uh was a former economic advisor to president um uh um clinton 
Robert Reich vows purges and show trials of conservatives if Biden is elected. Here's a tweet, he said. This is Robert Reich. He was in uh, uh, Clinton's administration. I think he was the um, economic advisor. Anyway, uh, this is his tweet. This is just unbelievable. Unbelievable. And they call us the fascists. I know, I know, I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it. But we know the, this is what kills me about the left is like, remember the rule, whatever they accuse you of doing or being, they are that. Here's this tweet. When this nightmare is over, we need a truth and reconciliation commission. It would erase Trump's lies, comfort those who have been harmed by this by his hatefulness and name every official, politician, executive, and media mogul whose greed and cowardice enabled this catastrophe. A truth and, recu truth and reconciliation commission? And, I mean, what is wrong with these people? Do they not know their history? I mean, they, they constantly say that the right are Nazis. This is... This is Third Reich stuff here. Hence his name, right? Robert Reich. Uh, well, and this is from the article. This is, by the way, from the American Thinker. Well, it's what certain influential Democrats want. Full-blown show trials and purges, same as the communists pioneered. Seems that equality and redistribution don't really motivate them in the premise of socialism. Purges, show trials, gulags, and re-education camps are what get them going. You know, ladies and gentlemen, we this I, I, I am so resistant to say these things, but this is election that is so important because if, if we do not reelect Donald Trump, I'd hate to say what happens if these people get in power. I mean, they're all hypocrites. They're all corrupt and they don't care about you. They don't care about me. In fact, they want to put us in re-education camps. They want to put us in gulags. If that doesn't motivate you to get out and vote, I don't know what will. And did I mention they're hypocrites? How about this story? Black Lives Matter's co-founder, Patrice Cooler, signs production deal with Warner Brothers. Black Lives Matter's co-founder, Patrice Coolers, said she signed a production deal with Warner Brothers. In a statement, Cooler said she would incorporate Black Lives Matter's ideology into her projects. Black voices, especially black voices who have been histor historically marginalized, are important and integral to today's storytelling. Our perspective and amplification is necessary and vital in helping shape a new narrative for our families and communities. I am committed to uplifting these stories in my new creative role with the Warner Brothers family, Coolers stated, according to Variety. So she signs a deal with Warner Brothers making who knows how much money, ungodly amounts of money. And she's a Marxist. Remember, this is uh, the, the group. I think she was the one who said, we are trained Marxists. No, or her friend or her co-founder said, Patrice and I are trained organizers and trained Marxists. Yeah, I guess that from uh, each uh, to each, according to their ability, it kind of, you know, goes a little different with her. It's like the out of the book Animal Farm. All animals are equal, and but some animals are more equal than others. And, and you know, think about what she espouses in her Marxist ideals doesn't apply to her. I guarantee you if she ever achieved her utopian ideals that she would still get the premium real estate to live in and the, view, the room with the view, so to speak, everybody else. 
they won't because she's more equal than others. Freaking hypocrites, just freaking hypocrites. And then again, I'm 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 rolling all this out because I won't shudder to think if these these Democrats, if Democrats win the White House and the Senate. I mean, just think about what's going to happen to our country if they get all levers of power. Thank God they lost the court, but they will pack the court because it's the only way they can get all levers of power. They currently have the House of Representatives, and there doesn't look like there's any numbers that that's going to change. They are just a few seats away from getting the Senate and then the presidency. I mean, I don't think Biden's going to win, but none of us know for sure. We don't know what's going to happen. I believe President Trump is going to win re-election. But if Biden wins, they, the Democrats get the Senate. The only way they can get full power, pack the court. They pack the court, and then they get everything they've ever wanted. And you'll experience stuff like this. San Diego Unified School District changes grading system to combat racism. This is what America will look like if the Democrats get all levers of power. Students will no longer be graded based on a yearly average or on how late they turn in assignments. Those are just some of the major grading changes approved this week by California's second largest school district. The San Diego Unified School District is overhauling the way it grades students, board members say. The changes are part of a larger effort to combat racism. That's right, racism. This is part of our honest reckoning as a school district, says the SDUSD Vice President Richard Barrera. If we're actually going to be an anti-racist school district, we have to confront practices like this that have gone on for years. What are those practices, you ask? According to data presented by the district under the old grading system, teachers fail minority students more than white students a lot more. During the first semester of last year, 30% of all Ds or F grades were given to English learners. One in four, 25% of failing marks went to students with disabilities. Aren't they all English learners? I know, I caught that too. Uh, but at, by ethnicity, 23% went to Native Americans. Another 23% of failing grades went to Hispanics. And 20% of D or F grades went to Black students. By comparison, just 7% of failing marks went to white students. So in other words, uh, and they're going to change the grading system to where it's, uh, you know, it's ridiculous. I mean, see, the, grade, the grades will now focus on mastery of the material, not a yearly average, uh, which board members say penalize students who get a slow start or, or who struggle at points throughout the year. Whatever that means, what that means is the teachers will be able to give whatever grade they want. Another big change, teachers can no longer consider non-material factors when grading. Things like turning work in on time and classroom behavior will now instead count towards a student's citizenship grade, not their academic grade. I don't know what a citizenship grade is either. I know you're asking that question. I think this reflects a reality that students have described to us, and it's a change that's a long time coming, said Barrera. This, what they're doing is just lowering the bar. That's it. You know, the achievers, and I'm sure not all black kids are getting Fs. There's 20%. So those 20%, let's just take the black group of children, students in this school. 20% of them are, of a whole student body, blacks are getting Fs and Ds. So that means there's another large segment that aren't getting 
D's and F's. They're getting A's, B's, and C's. So they're working hard for their grade. The others are not, or maybe there's learning disabilities, whatever. So we're going to lower the bar. We're going to lower the standards down to the lower achievers. Yeah, what could go wrong? <clears throat> that will happen if the left get elected. More and more of that will happen. Can't let that happen. Last story before we get to the next segment. President Trump attacked for giving offering while at church in Las Vegas. He was at a church. He whipped out a wad of cash. Didn't look like that much cash, really. And all of a sudden, the left is just going crazy. And they're actually giving him a hard time because he tied. <laughs> what, you know? Oh my gosh, this, this country, this country, this country. Ladies and gentlemen, we gotta, we have, we have to, we have to vote Trump back in. We cannot let the Democrats get these levers of power. Because you and I both know that if Biden is elected, Biden won't last two years. And then we'll have Kamala Harris as our president, the most liberal leftist senator in the Senate. And it will be the people behind the scenes that will really be the ones pulling the levers, not even Harris. So, and if they get the Senate, they pack the courts because they otherwise cannot win in, in the judicial realm with 6-3 court. It's an important election, ladies and gentlemen, two weeks away. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the PBL Podcast. Please uh, visit our website, thepblpodcast.com, and uh, check out our YouTube link. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. We are blowing up on YouTube. Uh, the numbers are just exponentially going up, and all of these videos, this podcast, will be on the YouTube. And if you want, you can see Woody. Woody's over here taking a nap, but you know, Woody's in the show, so he wants to be seen. Thanks again for listening to this segment of the PBL Podcast. <laughs>